Hi. Hello, welcome to Knock Knock High. We are the Glockenfleckens. I am Dr. Glockenflecken. I am Lady Glockenflecken. Otherwise known as Will and Kristen Flannery. Uh, we have a, a an exciting, a very special show for so us fun. today. Uh, we are having on one of my favorite people in the entire world, a Dr. Tom Oding. He was my residency program director at the University of Iowa. And um, he's going to talk with us. He could share some stories. We're going to share a lot of laughs. I, I honestly, I, I it's, it feels so good to laugh with someone you know. He tickles and your funny bone more than most he people. He does. He does. <laughs> it's great. Uh, and we have a lot of memories. A lot of life yes. events happened during residency. That's right. And in particular for us, well, we had a kid. Mm-hmm. Our second child was during residency years. Uh, and also, I was working as well. You so. were working, and um, I had my second bout of testicular cancer. So we kind of had a lot to juggle, lots yeah, going on yeah. in those years, in addition to residency. I was I, I was primed for it. Like I knew I I had already diagnosed myself with testicular cancer once, That's so I right. was like, I got, I know what this is all about, mm-hmm. and um, went in and got checked out, got an ultrasound, and was very quickly diagnosed with cancer. But it was a lot harder that time. That mm-hmm. the second time was more challenging. Because the first time, you know, you've got a spare. Yeah, right. You have one, you still have something that makes sperm and testosterone. And now Well and some people may not realize that to treat testicular cancer, you have to remove the testicle. Of course the medical audience will know that, but Yeah. A lot of other people. Usually, usually you remove right. the testicle, and and so that was the idea for me is that I was faced with the prospect of losing both of my testicles, and um, and so it we had questions we had to figure out. You know, would I have to postpone residency? We had were we done having kids? Do I need to bank sperm? That was another one, and uh, let me tell you about an interesting experience <laughs> right there. I'm gonna I'm just gonna give everybody a little tip here okay if you ever find yourself in a in a situation when you where you have to bank sperm take the day off from work okay trust trust <laughs> me on this all right there's just there's something about uh being at work for me it was in clinic uh and then just like going on your lunch break like three departments down the hall banking sperm and then coming back to work it felt a little off yeah it was i could uh, see that not something I expected to ever be doing. <laughs> Normally, that kind of behavior would be discouraged. Yeah, at work ex- on your lunch break. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so it was, but there was a lot of you know mental and and physical and emotional you know challenges associated with this uh, for me and for Kristen and just our family in general. And Dr. Oding, who we're talking to, and the reason I'm even talking about this is because he was so supportive mm-hmm. and the program at the university of iowa iowa was so supportive and, and all he, your fellow residents as well yeah they and, took call for me yeah. it just uh, you know dr oding really just creates that culture of of support and that's why that role the program director is so important um, and, uh, I just, I can't thank him enough for what he did for us. Yeah, and, you, and just as an example to yeah. give everybody an idea of like, what can this look like in, in real life? You know, obviously your work was one piece of it, but he didn't stop at making it possible to figure all of that out. He also looked at, you know, 
your just you as a human and then your family as well. And he understood that it would be affecting us um, in addition to you. And so he um, he sent you home. I don't know how this all happened during the day, but from my perspective, you came home that day from um, residency and you had some cash, which of course in residency is like, you never have any money, yeah. let alone cash. So I was like, what is that from? Where'd you get that? And you said that Dr. Oding had given it to you as, you know, quote, babysitter money so that I because we had a toddler and an infant at that time. So you said it was for for me to babysit the infant while you and the toddler sat down together to watch Mary Poppins. And he said specifically Mary Poppins. And that was because he had just watched it. Um, with some children in his life um, very recently. And he, you know, he he paid attention to the, you know, how that felt. And he said, you should sit down and watch that with her because you need some magic in your life right now. And so it was like a way to give us a little bit of financial support during all of that time, a way to give you emotional support. And then also, you know, the support he was giving you within your residency. So that is, I tell that story all the time when I am speaking places, because that is just the, I mean, that's how it's done. If you are a program director, or if someday you become a program director, I hope you'll remember that story. Uh, because your residents are humans, they're not just, you know, I don't know if robots. he had to pay me under the table or not. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Well, it's been a long time. It's been it's a while, fine. so we won't get him into trouble. But you know, it, it was not it was not money for me. It was for my wife. For That's baby, right. That's she was a babysitter, babysitter, right? So uh-huh. uh, I don't know what the legality of that is, but it was. I mean, worth it, it. look, it wasn't like we're talking thousands of dollars. Or <laughs> it was like it was more bucks. about the gesture. Yeah, but, that's, but it that's was very exactly. Kind. It was very kind, and um, and so yeah, let's get to it. All right, so here is Doctor Oding. <laughs> All right, we're here with with the one and only Thomas Oding. Tom Oding. When did you start going by Tom? Were you a, you were probably Thomas as a kid, right? Growing up, I was only Thomas when I was in trouble. I was I was always <laughs> a Tom. I was never a Tommy, just a Tom. Yeah. So uh, Tom, I, I, it's it's weird calling you Tom because I know you as as T O. Uh, so uh, yeah. so I was a resident from twenty when was it twenty fourteen to twenty seventeen, and twenty thirteen. Um, no, that was transition. Yes, yeah, 2014 yeah. All to the 2017. Years, the, I mean, you probably, you know, as you get older, the years just kind of run together. You can't really remember things. But um, uh, I, I have a very um, great opportunity here for you to tell me where I ranked on the on the match list. <laughs> I, it's been, it's been, I, I think legally you're allowed to now because it's been <laughs> however many years since I was there. So I, 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 if you don't remember, just make something up and make me think it's accurate i just remember that it was it was odd for us to put somebody number one that went to a med school that was named after dr zeus and i remember <laughs> the, all the arguments about it and what's he like and then and then i think your your letters of recommendation were were from like you know the they're, they're from like your your high school teacher and, then, and your, that was his your, mother your third grade yeah my mom teacher. is that not good you don't want to have your parents write your letter of recommendation for you it was, it was all this sad sad tales about we don't have an ophthalmology department there and so on you, you know, know there was actually all those sad tales 
<laughs> You're right, because I was at Dartmouth. There was no ophthalmology department, and I actually, uh, I, I, I thought that that would actually help me in some way because I, I overcame all the adversity <laughs> of not having an eye department, and uh, uh, there was an eye department. There wasn't a residency program, but um, I did. I was concerned that that people would see that I went to the Dr. Seuss School of Medicine. And would uh, think that it wasn't legit. So uh, that was a. I'm, I'm glad you caught on to that. That's probably the reason you gave me an interview. Actually, <laughs> I wanted to see. I wanted to see what the deal was. Let's see what happens. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you got an interesting application. You, you know, we knew about the uh, the stand up comedy, and, and yeah. uh, it was different. You know, and there was a lot of white space in the area where there's supposed to be research that that showed me potential. <laughs> He's got potential. <laughs> that was that was i i'm pretty sure i i added some things in there like really embellished to try to decrease that amount of white space <laughs> but you're right i did I had giant no... font on that come case on okay before. you tell me because because how many okay how many years have you been a residency program or you're not residency program director anymore i just gave it up that's right you just gave it up oh, wow. but you you were for how many years i was uh, about 18 years i was doing that business so, so that's a lot of interview days. That's a lot of interviews. It's a lot of going through lots of applications. Is, is research really that important? What do you, you know, think? The cra- the, now that we're through it, the crazy thing now is because we're, we, we have this new system where it's all digital. So it's not on paper anymore. There, there's this crazy system where you just scroll through all of these, these things. And, and honestly, you can't tell the difference between a, a nature article and, and some, you know, you know from article the, in the Journal of Siberia, people. you know. Yeah. And so, and, and you just <laughs> scroll, 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 scroll. And then, and then you just, uh, you say, well, that took me a while to scroll through that. That's got, that's the extent <laughs> of my review of the research. That took a while to scroll through. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I hate it, to say that to those of you that are that are out there applying, but that that's that's the truth of the matter because you know there's just there's just there's there's are other you parts. Checking to make sure they're actually research articles that you're scrolling through, or can they just put anything? Yeah, what are you looking at? <laughs> it's like, what, like the do you do you look at the journal? Do you look at the? Or are you just like kind of they're just just words on a page and and you're waiting to get to the next section? The, the, maybe the first one or two I'll look at. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I get a kick. I look for things like, you know, were they um, were they journals that that they were they have funny sounding names, you know, like they're from some strange place I've never been or something like that. And, and then um, and then there's a lot of them, the really sciencey journals. I've this never is, been. by the way, this is like a top 10 ophthalmology program <laughs> in the country. So just just to I'm starting that. to wonder if this is why you're not program director. Anymore. No, he did, a, he did a great job. You're, you're, you know, I'm supposed to be telling you the truth, but then, you know, there, there's a lot of, a lot of those really, uh, really in-depth science journals I've never heard of. And, uh, you know, they're just, they're, they're, I can tell they're not super high end because they have so many words in the title, you know, <laughs> right. is that how it goes? Science, nature, and then like the further down you the get, more words the, more words. the, the more words in there, the more words in there. It's like less. nature, cell, cell yeah. membrane, right. nature, cell membrane, uh, <laughs> towards the inside, you know. <laughs> it just gets more and more obscure. It seems like it's less important, but yeah, well, I mean, it, you know, th- those are those are honestly, um, for me at least, for me personally, they're not. They're not super important because there's there's a there's a huge amount of anxiety. I know I felt it, and I, I assume that applicants still feel it, um, still still feel it, and uh, about needing to get research 
done and published or something out there uh, because people just bypass your application. And well, there's no TikTok section, so you have. Well, to I wasn't have on TikTok. <laughs> I wasn't doing this. It, it wasn't, wasn't doing that yet. No, I had. I I was uh, actually the reason I actually started my social media account at Iowa. I was in my second year there. And uh, you guys paid for me to go to a conference that was you. Uh, it they, was a research. Conference. It was a research conference, <laughs> and we've already been over my research prowess. So you can imagine yeah. how much I got out of that conference. But it did set me on this path. So thank you. So yeah. th- there you go. But <laughs> well, I guess I remember, the point... I remember some of your first posts there at Arva. I remember. Uh, oh yeah, there was yeah. one. God, it was. It was. Uh, I can tell you. I know. Is um. Uh, there was a. Uh, it was the hashtag Arvo fights. Yes, it was, a, fights. That's what it was a, a Drusen researcher <laughs> called another Drusen researcher a pseudo Drusen researcher. Yes. The most that jo- that joke will not it's make so sense obscure. to 99% of people watching or listening to this. And so, uh, but it's a good ophthalmology joke. I stand by that. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, what is I, your favorite part of the application then? Well, what I really like, I like to read the letters because uh, it's a little bit gossipy for me. You know, I know I know a lot of the letter writers and. And I want to see, um, you know, if if they say that this person's better than one of our current residents or something like that, you know, like the, <laughs> this is the top three resident, and 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 we've had four from there or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and I so I like the letters, and yeah. I and I like um, I like to read their personal statements. Yeah, I used to when I first got started, I, I I never read the personal statements to be honest with you, but they're more and more fun the older I get. You know, this, the, the, the tales are fun. Do you like the off the wall ones? Like the kind of the weird, like the, cause I remember uh, you telling me about uh, one applicant, uh, this is probably years ago that had like a, a French fry blog or something. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's, like, it's like things like that, that, you know, are probably very interesting. Cause you're, you're looking through so many applications. I don't know, how, like hundreds, right? Like 800, a thousand. Well, we, I don't know. How many we have about get? 600. We get about 600. 600. And so, yeah, the French, the problem with the French fry blog is, you know, that's going to bog me down. So I'm going to look at the blog, the stupid French fry blog, and I'm going to look at them all. And there were about 30 entries in that French fry thing. So it was legit. And, it wasn't like, hey, yeah, let's yeah. start this just to put it on my application. Yeah. And, and then they were growing it. They were growing it as they did their interviews. And if you're so, listening to this, whoever you are. <laughs> yes. That made that please blog and us. was applying to ophthalmology. Please, please let us know. We'd like to get in touch with you. Well, they're probably up. They're 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 they've got a job now. That was probably four or five years ago. Because yeah, yeah, oh, they're, they're uh, clearly going places. I mean, that's oh yeah, yeah, that's great. They're going places eating fries. I mean, they're <laughs> they're having a life. They got a real life. I think. I mean, you and me are sitting here on our microphones, and they're eating French fries right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a lot a lot better to be honest. Um, yeah. Doing that, uh, it's. Um, uh, you know, I, I never got to be on the residency selection committee because like, you you put That's residents on there. Smart. You, you never you didn't let me do that. I didn't get to interview people. Is that I, I was kind of disappointed like a, about a, that. A real sore point with you. I don't, I don't like the uh-huh. way you said it. Yeah, I, I'm not. I still think about it. It's been five years. And like, let me interview the people. I, I won't scare off too many. We could bring you back for alumni interviews. That'd be awesome. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I want to talk about just the just training an ophthalmologist how to do surgery this is a question that i still get asked like how do you learn how to do this and you have done it for most of your career teaching people that have never operated never done anything on an eyeball in an eyeball 
how to do this very delicate, intricate surgery. And uh, my question isn't like how you do it. It's it's how how are you still alive from like a stress <laughs> standpoint? Like how are, I I just I don't know how you didn't just at some point drop dead uh, of some kind of catastrophic illness from the the yeah, just the sheer stress of of teaching twenty how old are we twenty seven year olds how to do eye surgery. I you know you know what's scary to me is when I first started. When things would start to go a little sour, my my heart would start to beat hard and fast. Mm-hmm. And the residents are still doing the same thing, but my heart doesn't do that. And I'm not 100% sure if it's just because my car, my heart can't do it anymore, you know? <laughs> just my heart doesn't have it in it. Are you on beta blockers? <laughs> <laughs> because it used, to be, it used to be much more stressful, honestly. Yeah. And uh, I think part of the deal is, is as you as you move along, you 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 get a set of uh, of tricks for almost every condition, mm-hmm. and at first you didn't have that. Um, gotcha. But honestly, I mean that's yeah, the other day, just two days ago, this lady asked me if I got bored at work, you know, because mm-hmm. you know I've been doing it like thirty years, and and she was wondering, you know, how can I just do the same thing? And but I mean, to me, the variability that's introduced by the residents operating with me is by far the most fun, mm-hmm. you know, because. Um, I've kind of figured out how to get out of all those tricks, out of those problems and stuff. Try to keep it safe. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, know, it's, for, it's a stepwise thing too. It's, yeah, you know, and I think the way the way to learn it is like any other sport. You know, you sort of do little little easy things first, and then you move forward. Um, you know, we we had um, we had a, a recruit that we were, I was talking to the other day, and we were talking about his tennis grip. And you know, you know, how really serious tennis people. They change their grip like as they advance forward. When they first start, they have a, a rookie grip and then they have a more advanced grip. And so we're trying to just get people through with the rookie grip grip, you know? Yeah. It takes longer, but it, it's slower, but it's safe. And then and then when they get to your stage, you know, when they're out and they've been they, they you've got a totally different grip than whatever yeah. I taught you, right? Yeah, no, I, I do in fact I not too long ago, I went back and looked at, I still have some of my videos, my surgical videos from the end of residency. And it's night and day. It's yeah. it's just, you know, having the, you know, 3000 cases under your belt versus what you end up after residency with like 200, you know, it's uh, 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 just so much different. You know, you're competent when you when you leave training, you know, but it's I don't know, just having that repetition, it's incredible. I mean, you've done how many how many cataracts have you done in your life? You're probably at like, it's, God, it's I like, mean, how old are you? It's <laughs> it's I can't. I mean, this it's is, hard this to. Is, this is a uh, this is all audio, right? <laughs> I assume it's all audio. I would have I would have gotten spruced up. Yeah, I've done like I think I've done like twenty over twenty thousand resin cases because I counted those up for something. Oh um, really? Oh wow. But the the um. Yeah, but so so you you know our job is to get you to the point where where you're fairly safe and you can you can you know move yeah. on move on from that point. But everyone everyone grows so much after they leave; it's crazy. Well, what do you uh, did you um, did you bring us some stories about? Yeah, I had a couple. I had a couple Let, things I was thinking about. Did I you bring one imagine. about Will? No, surely not. <laughs> I was I we there was there's nothing about me. I was a perfect <laughs> resident. The, I could actually I could I, tell you some stories, but let's hear what T.O. Well, had my to favorite, say. Will, my favorite Will story was was I can't remember what he did wrong. He's some infraction, 
And, uh, <laughs> and I don't remember how serious the infraction was. But I just remember I was I was in, in my office right right back here, where if you could see it, right behind me here. And he he had he had fashioned a dunce cap out of a out of a piece of paper, like a cone, <laughs> oh a piece of God. paper, and wrote dunce on it, and then put it on his head, you know, like the cone dunce cap, and sort of stood <laughs> over in the corner. And I don't think he even said anything. I just think I think he just came in and had his dunce cap on, and then he walked out. <laughs> I guess it said it all, really. What, what <laughs> that really say? takes the wind I, out of the sails <laughs> if anyone tried to discipline you. I, I do remember making that cap. I have no idea why I did it. I which, took a picture of it. I still have a picture. <laughs> Actually, that? I posted that picture on, on. It was funny in the early days of your <laughs> of your site when your when your real name was secret. Yeah, I posted that, but it had your it, it said Will Flannery on it. And I said, Dr. Glockenflecken, as I knew him as a resident, and it had his dunce cap up. And then somebody, like I got about 10 people of your sort of mafia, and they said, you can't put that on that site. It's got his name on there. Don't you have any respect for him at all? And I said, well, that's no. his name. <laughs> <laughs> it was about, you remember, remember that, well, you know, there was a period of time when it was all secret. Who yeah, you were. yeah. Now, did I overreact? Like, did I need to be so secretive about my identity? Yeah, because that was mostly for your benefit. That was that for was for like you know benefit. not embarrassing the the yeah. University of Iowa, but I, I maybe I just kind of you know didn't have to. I, what I really should have done is just saw the example that you set. I was about to say, I, and, you and think... I should have realized this is not a big deal. <laughs> Look at this guy; well, he runs this place. You're you're uh, you know you're you're one of the least embarrassing compared to me. You're you're not embarrassing at all. I mean, you're just like this this beacon of uh, of hope. <laughs> Well, tell, let's say, tell, tell us a couple stories. Well, so the thing I was thinking about, especially in the context of the, of the two of you, um, is, is I just, I'm just, today was another example of this. I'm just so overwhelmed by these couples that come in. It's like, it's, this is, this is the thing that makes it so much fun for me. And, um, and what I really, what I really like is old men, but what I really like is the old men in and out of the environment of the couple and and there's so many crazy examples of this um but um and and i think i think it's because i mean because i'm getting older but mm -hmm. the suppression the suppression of the old man in the context of the couple in the room you, with me what are you is, talking about is what really gets me so so today i had several guys that come in and they're with their spouse okay presumably their spouse i don't know this lady that's with them every time and they don't say jack Right? They just sit there. Oh, oh you're talking about on the patient side of things. The patient side. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was thinking residents, about, couple of residents. Okay. No, no, no. I'm talking so about this is a patient. Okay. Today. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm talking about patient. So so the so the the guy just sits there and you say, How you doing? And he's and he and he doesn't say anything. She answers for him, how you doing? She doesn't say anything, he answers for him. And so it's just such a crazy recurring thing that you're heading that direction and I'm <laughs> heading that direction. And so that that's heading. kind of the, the context with which I'm thinking about um, these old men. So during so during COVID, the 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 stories about the old men were really interesting because the women couldn't come with them, right? Mm -hmm. Because right. we had all these we were clamping down on on who can come into the hospital, and uh, and then these guys come in and they're all chatty because <laughs> she's not over there, you know, and and so he's like telling me all of his life story and he's telling me about his little whatever his blepharitis yeah. or you know, whether, how his eyes are doing when, when in the past he never said anything. And so that is so interesting to me. That and, is interesting. And, and, uh, 
But the other part of it that's interesting, the other COVID part of this, so many good things come from COVID. So here's another good thing that comes from COVID. So that's good. Silver linings. So, Let's go. That's good. So the same guy and it comes in to have his surgery, right? So he's in his having his surgery. Wife's not allowed to come in. So I after the surgery's over, I call, I call the wife and say, Oh, I'm so sorry you couldn't come in for the surgery. Everything went really well. And she says, You can keep them. I'm so tired of that guy. You just keep him. Keep him for the weekend. I was up around Fridays. You keep him for the weekend. And the, other, and the guy's just sitting there, just happy as a bug. Oh, how, what did she say? <laughs> but anyway, the story just repeats itself over and over and over again. And it's just yeah. so funny to me. And um, so anyway, that's. I that's, love that. That's that, good. That's, that's sort of the old guy. Now, another old guy thing. So and this has to do with, with you having had your, your major heart thing. Mm-hmm. And there's Kristen right next to you who saved your life. You must not have had life insurance, but let's don't talk about that. <laughs> I have I have very, very little. Very bad life insurance. <laughs> very little. Because he had already had two, for those yeah. who don't know, he'd already had two rounds of cancer prior to yeah, once, cardiac arrest. Once you get that cancer diagnosis. That's it for your life insurance. You're done. Like life insurance, unless you want to go to some shady, like, uh, you know, underground <laughs> Uh, you know, pop-up shop that'll sell you something for like a part of your body. I don't know, like a like a kidney. I could sell a kidney and probably get some life insurance, but no, for the mainly no, I could not get much life insurance. So, so Marguerite, I got plenty of life insurance. Marguerite doesn't pump any chest. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> That's my wife, Marguerite. Anyway, so <laughs> so I'm doing cataract surgery over at the VA. This is the old days at the VA. The old days. And we used to bring patients in and they would they would um, spend the night for a couple of days for cataract surgery. So it was snowing. So we we called this guy and said, come in early because it's snowing. Come in the day before. We'll get you in. We'll get you tucked into the to the hospital. Comes in, gets all of his labs. In those days, we got an EKG. So we got an EKG. It was normal. Got all these labs. It was normal. Didn't think about the guy. He's tucked in. He's happy. He's getting his snacks and, and, and meals and stuff. We don't even think about him until two days later when we're doing the surgery. So do his cataract surgery. Here's the great news of all. This is really good news for you. You're going to love this. We do his cataract surgery. Right after the cataract surgery is over, I get a call from the cardiologist, the cardiology fellow. It says, hey, this is the cardiology fellow. I just wanted you to know, you know, that second EKG you got? And I said, well, no, no, we didn't get a second EKG. Yeah, there was one yesterday. And I said, we didn't order one yesterday. He said, yeah, that was part of the routine order because he was supposed to come in that day. So well, we didn't order that. He said, well, anyway, it doesn't matter. That EKG you got yesterday, it shows he has a heart. He's had a heart attack. And we just checked his labs this morning and he ruled in for a heart attack. And so I said, well, wait a second. And so, so wait a second. So you mean... I just finished two seconds ago doing cataract surgery on somebody that was actively having a heart attack. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, yes. no. Now, but here's the good news. Here's the really good news about this. You can do cataract surgery on somebody who's having a heart attack. <laughs> Don't, and you're so, not supposed to. Do not let the cardiologist hear that. <laughs> That's... So really... It doesn't. So don't worry about that. Now, here's, but, but, you know, of course, now these days we don't check labs anyway. Well, so we, we, have to, we have to send them to for cardiac clearance. That's what that's what we do. And then and the cardiologists hate it. You know, they don't like us about oh, we, that. We, yeah. Well, we we almost never send them for you send them for cardiac clearance. Well, we do. We, we have to for some patients. What do you I guess mean, uh, university? What do you do? Do you have to like call their PCP ever and or you just do it? 
We just you don't if, worry about if it. They made certain criteria. We don't we don't have to get any labs or an EKGs or anything anymore. Oh, we don't do that. I mean, I just, I don't I've never even looked at an EKG and how long has it been? When was the last time you actually looked at an EKG? It's probably that time. And then I realized <laughs> that, that was, <laughs> that, that, was like, it. that was just that was such a crazy story. And then this this guy just did so well. It just didn't matter at all. So here's another. Was he happy with his vision? Did he, did he do well? Yeah, well, he's yeah. super happy. He was disappointed awesome. because we couldn't do his other eye for a while because he had had the heart attack. But I said, Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. But the, oh, the other man. crazy story, which is very similar, uh, is uh, we were doing surgery on this fella, and he was really nervous because he was having a hard time getting rides to come in. He had uh, he had uh, somebody with him, and we did we did cataract surgery on him. Believe it or not, we did both eyes. This is what we're doing now, both eyes. Hmm. And when we do cataract surgery, you kind of move move their you know get their head in position. We did both eyes, but no complaints. Everything's fine. Beautiful. So, uh, we, after the case was over, he said to me, I just want you to know my neck is still sore from when I fell. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I fell, I fell coming in. I slipped on some ice coming in. I said, well, why don't you tell us about this? Well, I thought you might cancel the surgery. And I said, well, what do you mean your neck's sore? He said, yeah, it's real sore. Cause I really hit my head when I fell <laughs> coming in. Oh, no. And I said, okay, what, you know? And so then we sent him down to the ER and he had a broken neck. And the oh next gosh. day he was fused. So here's some more good news for you. <laughs> oh my god! You can, you can operate on people that have broken that have broken necks. <laughs> oh my god! Oh boy! So he he kept it all quiet from everybody. Wow! Because he didn't want anybody to know. And and the 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 lady that brings him in didn't see him fall because she was parking the car. So she you know she didn't cover for him. This begs the question, you know that, right? It does beg a question. This begs the question. I think I'm on the same page. Yeah. What? When can't you do cataract surgery? <laughs> what? What would have to be happening for for you not like what? Like when I, if I was, if I had cataracts and I had that cardiac arrest, and they would, could you, could you have come in and just do that real quick for me? <laughs> Hurry but, up and do it. It <laughs> would be over before I finished CPR. <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> Just doing the, uh, moving my head around a little bit, but I mean, that's, uh, um, wow. Yeah. I know. Well, both of those are just such, they're just such great old guy stories. Um, you know, there's think, a, there, there's a wiggly spectrum, you know, about the wiggly spectrum, of course, I'm sure I hopefully taught you that. When I, you think, I think, I'm sure I don't at one know. point you told me, I don't know. Yeah, but he forgot everything. Remember. So, you know. In terms of wiggliness, young men are by far the worst. Right? Oh, yeah. They wiggle all over the place. Absolutely. Young women, young women are next. Mm-hmm. Old women are next. But the best patients to operate on are old men because they're just solid. Because they, they can sleep anywhere. Necks, they can have heart <laughs> attacks. Yeah, they, you're right. I never really thought about it. Like, you're right, though. They don't. They do not move. Yeah. At all. And, and it's 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 great. It's partially because maybe the wiggly ones die. You were almost wiggly. <laughs> You almost went out on us, and now you, look how much calmer you are now. <laughs> oh, you're saying I was wiggly? You were I was wiggly. Probably, I was a little bit, a little bit wiggly. Yeah, and she she brought you back, and now you're now you. I, I think one of my favorite stories of yours um, was the uh, the patient who had the aqueous misdirection, oh, but you didn't yes. call it that. Tell that yes. story. Well, there's this. Um, there was a patient we were operating, just one of my favorite patients, just a super cool um, fella, passed away now. And he, um, we were operating on him and everything was going fine. I was with, uh, uh, with this resident and, uh, and, and we started noticing there was more pressure, like the, 
like the, the inside of the eye had more pressure than usual. And so um, and our patients are awake. And so we were we sort of lost track a little bit of the fact that the patient was awake. And we were um, we were talking about the possibilities that could that could cause this increased pressure inside the eye. And they incur, uh, 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 you know, included several things. But one of the things they included is a condition called malignant glaucoma, which basically means there's a lot of pressure inside the eye from misdirected fluid. That's and a so bad we, thing. That's something you don't want during surgery. Yeah. And you don't want during surgery. So we, we, we mentioned all these things. We were thinking about it. We were talking it through. And then eventually um, we were able to complete the case. Um, the patient did well. I didn't think about it at all. I didn't, I didn't worry about it. I didn't think about it. So I saw the guy right after the surgery. Everything's fine. And then at a month after the surgery, so a month later, I come in the room. He tells me, close the door. I said, okay. I close the door. He said, sit down, doctor. I said, okay. He said, well, when are you going to tell me about the malignancy? And I said, well, oh. what do you mean? He said, I heard you talking during the surgery about that malignancy. And so malignant glaucoma is not a malignancy, of course. Oh, it's, just, it's just a funny term for glaucoma yeah. that's bad. And this poor guy had been <laughs> thinking about this for a month that he had a malignancy. And he was he was thinking how rude we were for not telling him about it, right? Yeah. Sure. That's I like that. I love that story just because and I, I still think about that story whenever like people start getting a little bit loose in the operating room, just talking about, you know, just, you know, not talking yeah. about the patient, just talking about just anything. And when patients have a little bit of sedation, you know, you, you just you never know like what they're going to hear or how they're going to interpret things. And so <laughs> that story, I always think about that. So let that be a lesson to like, you oh, know, yeah. Anybody who operates or does anything on patients who are still awake, you know, you just got to be careful and just remember that they're they're still awake there. Well, and the other thing, you don't realize how charged some of the you, you, the words. Right. That's an obviously charged word. Yeah, you didn't think but, about it. But in the context of talking about glaucoma, it's not quite as charged as it is was for him. You know? Yeah, patients you know, don't like, know what you guys know about what is and isn't very dangerous. You know, so exactly. you always just when you're the patient, you assume. When you hear something like that, that it's very bad. But that's also kind of a classic old man thing to just let it sit for <laughs> yeah. like a month and not even like, oh, I'm not going to bother the doctor. Like, I'm sure he'll tell me about it eventually. <laughs> and then and then he sat you down. And <laughs> this, this, this fella um, help, used to help me with our IOI golf tournaments. This 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 patient did. He was a, mm -hmm. he was a friend of mine, too. And um we used to stack the IOI golf tournament so that my son and I would win, and he was always on our team. And basically what we would do is we would change the age at which my son could use the women's tee to whatever age he was. And then he'd go off to the women's tee and boom, a winner. So anyway, the, 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 but the funniest, the funniest thing was we had won this tournament, and, uh, and, and, and my son, who was like 13 or something, was on the winning team. And so he, he told my son, he came in and said to my son, you need to go up there and, and accept the trophy and give a little speech. And my son's like, oh, I want to give a speech. <laughs> and, and this is a stupid, you know, work golf tournament. Nobody gives an acceptance speech, right? Yeah. So anyway, my son thought he was supposed to, and he went up there and gave the speech and he did exactly what this guy told him to say. And he said, I want to thank my teammates and I want to thank my father for a wonderful home. <laughs> 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 it was exactly what this guy said. It was just such a beautiful memory of mine. Yeah. Um, I love that. Bad. That's awesome. Anyway, I love that. we do get a uh, to to get to know our patients in ophthalmology. That's one of the 
one of the highlights, I think, of our field. All right, oh, well, yeah. let's take a little break, and then we'll be right back with Tom Oding. A big thank you to all of our listeners. This is a new show. Spread the love. Share with everyone you know. Leave a rating and a review. Be honest. Please tell us what you think. Give us that feedback. Later on, we're going to be sharing some stories uh, from you, the listeners. Share yours with us. Knock, knock, hi at human-content.com. We also have a Patreon. Come hang out with other members of the community early access episodes, uh, check out bonus episodes. We do this uh, monthly thing of the monthly eye exam. That's right. Where we react to uh, to medical shows and movies. It's great. It's a lot of fun. And uh, we're and over there hanging out. Yeah, that's right. So hang out with us. All right, let's get back to Dr. Oding. All right, we are back with uh, Tom Oding, who is uh, yeah, at the University of Iowa and was my residency program director. We talked earlier, uh, T.O., about, um, about interviews, and uh, I thought we'd do something kind of fun here. And I thought I would interview you for residency, since you got to interview so many people over the years. So, totally fair. Only yeah, fair. And, and, and here's, here's the setup, though. Um, there was some kind of administrative um, snafu all right. This was caught recently by the American Academy, the American Board of Ophthalmology. And um, they realized that uh, you actually didn't uh, successfully complete your residency all those years ago. <laughs> Something happened. You didn't. I don't know. You you just took you, you took off. You didn't tell anybody where you were. You didn't finish. You didn't complete your retina rotation. And so um, and so your residency training is at this point null and void. Yeah, but uh, because you have not saved enough for retirement, you still have to work. And so um, you now are in a position where you have to apply for residency again. This is a big deal. Marguerite is not happy with you. <laughs> um, and so, uh, and now I am the residency program director and will be interviewing you, okay? Okay. All right. So first, uh, um, Dr. Oding. Actually, you're not you're not really technically a doctor at this point. You're a, you're a med student, Mister. <laughs> no, you've you have you have you're finished. Not... You are an MD. You are an MD. Yeah. You just are an MD that practiced for like 25 years, and now I was trying to go back to residency. Okay, yeah. um, what are your strengths? Well, my strength is yeah. um, my main strength is I can really fill out a billing code like you can't believe. I mean, I I can fill out 30 to 40 billing codes in 15 minutes. And I, I also know some of the other little special codes that you can get extra money from. And um, I also know I, I have I also know important things like um, when to bring snacks to people. I know that certain technicians get grumbly if they don't get the right snacks, and I can know I know how to do that. You know how to read also, people, okay? I can Those read people. Their snacks, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, tell us what are your weaknesses? My weakness is. Um, there's certain parts of the eye I've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen the real peripheral retina. <laughs> Does and it I, exist? And my, what do you I'll, think? I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest with my my knowledge of radiology um, stopped uh, in the area uh, around the time of CT scans and didn't include MRIs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, that's interesting, Doctor Oding. Uh, well, I also see on your application, 
that it's it says here you have not taken primary ophthalmology call in 25 years. Uh, you have had uh, residents, sometimes two or even three residents and or fellows take call for you as a barrier between you and having to work while on call. Um, yeah. How do you think you'll handle taking primary call in residency? Do do those other people have telephones? Because <laughs> what I usually do when I when I get the first call is I is I figure out somebody else and I and I transfer the call to them. She's <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. honest. <laughs> Interesting answer. Um, when was the last time you were in an emergency department to see a patient? That wasn't me. That wasn't. That, 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 wasn't, that wasn't you. Well, usually you can transfer the patients over to the eye clinic, and so um, you know, I, what I would suggest is if they're if they're so sick they can't come to the eye clinic that they're not ready to come to the eye clinic. That's what I would say. They're not ready for an eye doctor. That's, that'd be my strategy it's a good line that's a very that's, that's a great that's the that's a, a statement that only comes with experience yeah. okay um in your hobbies and interests section on your application you only listed cataract surgery yeah can you do anything else in life well like i said i could do the billing part but... <laughs> <laughs> I know how to do the billing part. And, and I know that there's 66982 and 66984, <laughs> the two codes. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, what does an ideal workday look like for you? <laughs> well, the ideal workday involves um, coming in and, uh, and, and watching other people do a lot of work. <laughs> And then giving them pep talks like, you know, hey, that's a good job or <laughs> and some nice snacks. outfit today. And, and uh, here's a here's a chocolate for you. <laughs> and then and I like to go into the patient's room. and I like to say things like, yes, that doctor is a nice young doctor. <laughs> yes, they you know, they're from California. That's a long that's a far, far way away from here. <laughs> and I'm going to leave now and they're going to come in and finish. <laughs> OK. <laughs> And then, and then, and that's your ideal work day. And then you go home. Okay, all right. Very interesting, Doctor Oding. Um, I read through your personal statement, uh, and I noticed that it's written in third person. Did you pay a college student to write this for you? <laughs> I pity the man that wrote that paper. <laughs> the personal no, statement also ends with an interesting sentence. Uh, it ends with the sentence, please, my dad needs this. <laughs> Did your college-aged kids write this for you? <laughs> well, I've got, I got some sad news for you. My, my, my kids are, are like 32 now. So. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're not, they're not even college-aged. They're anymore. getting and, old, and honestly, you see. God. The last thing they need from me is money. That's the, that's the truth. So I, I, um, are no, you I asking them for money now? <laughs> yes, yes. Right. Well, I, I, if I was in this situation, that's what I would do. I'm be honest with you. You know, I gave you an out. I tried to like let people believe that you're younger than you are, and then you just you just threw it back at my face. So we're yes. clear. You you're not too smart. All right. Uh, and then uh, also, uh, yeah, I looked at your um. Uh, your letters of recommendation as well. And, and yeah, yeah, we reached out to some of your colleagues uh, who wrote letters on your behalf. Uh, one of them um, said, um, 
what is this? Why are you asking me to write a letter of recommendation? And that was it. That was it. Yep. Um, another one uh, said, Dr. Oding, why doesn't he just retire? Hmm. Um, why don't you think you got any good recommendations from your, from your colleagues to go back to residency? Jealousy. It's got to be jealousy. <laughs> it's got to be the fact that that, that I already um, know a lot of stuff about billing and cataract surgery, and they don't want me to know more about other things. <laughs> I would think I would think that's the answer. I think All right. Um, well, thank you for thank you for your time and for and for coming in. Please enjoy some snacks out in the lobby. Yes. Well, please let me know. I want to I want to know soon if I'm going to get in. Yeah, you'll you'll be ranked highly. I promise. <laughs> And that's the end. Thank that's you. The, that, that, was, was, that was the end. That's that was end. good. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you did very well, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, better than I thought you'd do. So, that, so that's something there. Um, do you, what else? Do you have anything else for Dr. Oding? I don't know. For Dr. What do you want to tell us about? Do you have, tell us what you're doing. What, uh, do you have any, uh, any interesting No, like right now, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> that you want to tell us about things happening in your life. Tell us where we can find you on social media. How about that? Well, I, I'd say that the most interesting thing I've been playing with, which I, I think you would love, is this uh, these generative AI things. I think they're so cool. Oh, the, the, the speech? Yeah, yeah. I haven't speech, played around it, with it much. Yeah, but. oh, it's so cool. I've been playing with that. It's just so addictive. Um, when I'm not billing, that's what I'm doing. I just <laughs> love it. Um, you know, that's how, that's how people are going to be writing their personal statements. Mm. Well, that, that or... or, or, or Pictures, yeah. images. It's just so so incredibly cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, we, you know, basically we've uh, uh, we've we had we just got through with our interview season, so we had our sixty yeah. interviews. We went from six hundred to sixty. And the weird thing we have to do this year is after we put in our list, we're going to have an open house. And so we've already put in our list, and then people can come and in see Iowa City. So we're just hoping for good weather, right? I mean, when are they coming? They're coming on the thirteenth of January. So you're not, it's just you're like not going to have good weather. Iowa? <laughs> you're not going to have good weather. It's, 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 January? Uh, so we're, um, but, these, that's, but that's these are the people that are really interested though, right? Oh, yeah, hopefully it would be, it, yeah. it would only be people that were interested because they'd have to pay their, yeah. you know, pay to come. Right. So that's that's a smart move because I remember when he told me that he really liked that program and there's a good chance we might go there if he matched, I cried. So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it's kind she of, was yeah, a bit confused. <laughs> yeah, it's it just doesn't make sense. Why would you Why would you come to Iowa? But um, then, yeah, once you get to Iowa City and you see everything, like it's it's not what you think it will be, and it wins you over. Okay, remind me, I'll I'll record a little video for you to show on the. Oh, open that'd be house. great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. We gotta we gotta keep the Iowa pipeline, especially any comedian op uh, future ophthalmologists that you interview. You let them. Let them know because I'm I'm sure there's many out many there's, more out there. There were so many this year. We comedian <laughs> ones. Well, you know it's it's uh yeah I you already give us a lot of good press. I mean honestly, a lot of people know about you. I mean everybody knows about you, but a lot of people know you. You're from Iowa. And it helps us. So, Trying to spread the good word about the University word. of Iowa. Yeah, I, re, in all seriousness, that's that feels like the least we can do because you know there's not very many residency programs that take such good care of their residents and even the residents' families. Um, as the ophthalmology residency program in Iowa did. So and that desk right there that he's sitting at, I mean, just, I think this really just speaks to, it. I don't know if you ever told him this, but um, 
I don't remember why we were in the eye clinic after hours when it was all dark and there was no one there. Um, but that's where he sat at your desk and um, signed the contract that he got offered when he was done with residency and, and got offered a job because he, he wanted that. to yeah. he wanted to be that guess, was just a meaningful yeah, place for him uh, because of everything you had done. Exactly. So we had right so many there. conversations in that office. It was just, you know, yeah, it was like a, a nice special full place. circle moment. And so, so we uh, broke into your office. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I stole some things. I mean, nothing, <laughs> nothing good, um, but uh, you know, decent. Well, it's, it's, uh, he took yeah, his dunce hat back. <laughs> the, um, I mean, I think the fun, the fun thing uh, about the interview season is it's kind of renewing, you know. Yeah. It's you, you, you meet all these really cool people that that want to do our job and a lot of enthusiasm of, and a lot of enthusiasm excitement. And, yeah. Uh, and then uh, I'm, since you're obviously not going to do it, I'm going to plug your uh, your all your social media um, presence uh, mainly with your your surgery videos. So if you're if you're a resident, if you're interested in eyes ophthalmology, uh, you know Dr. Oding is one of the best educators out there. And so uh, uh, cataract surgery at cataract surgery, Facebook, Twitter, um, check them out. And uh, thanks so much for joining us and uh, uh we're gonna have to do it again sometime we got there's there so many stories so like we many, have yeah. that we could go with so we'll save them for the next time I, so thanks seeing you guys yeah thanks you for too. being here all right we're gonna be back uh here in a minute with some of your own medical stories so stick around let's take a look at some of our favorite medical stories sent in by you the listeners our first story comes from Whitney. I have type 1 diabetes. I like to prank my endocrinologist, especially when it's a new endocrinologist. I'll say things like, you know, I've been eating really healthy, but I just can't get my sugar down. I've been eating a lot of lean meats like chicken and fish and vegetables like carrots and potatoes, and I even switched to skim milk. I'm doing everything right, and I'm just stuck. So the reason that's that's funny is because... Uh, with type 1 diabetes, you don't make any insulin whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what you eat. Oh. You have to have insulin. <laughs> and so I could see how that would make a an endocrinologist's blood pressure just like right. rise. Like, oh, my God. Uh, and then she goes on to say, I like to watch their face slide from a polite smile to a frown to a grimace. <laughs> When my last endocrinologist moved states and I got assigned to a different one, I walked into the exam room and the first thing she said was, I know about your games. <laughs> she uh, did not uh, care for the games. So <laughs> I, I like that. I, I think I think uh, patients should prank their doctors yeah. more frequently. So please, if you if you prank your doctor, if you have a good one, send them to us, please, because I love that. I love that. We, uh, we take ourselves a little bit too seriously sometimes. we got to lighten up a bit. All right. So uh, second story from JNT. My mother was in the intensive care unit. She hadn't opened her eyes or responded to us for two days. My father was hard of hearing, but too proud to tell the doctor he couldn't hear what he was being told about my mother's condition. My brother and I approached the nurse on duty and explained the situation, asking him to please speak up when he talked to my father. We then went to rejoin dad in my mom's room. A few minutes later, the nurse came in and boomed. Well, hello there! As loudly as he were speaking through a bullhorn. <laughs> oh, no. My mother's eyes flew open. <laughs> and though she settled back into her sleep right after, we felt heartened by that sign of life. 
The nurse moderated his volume after that, but still took care to make sure my dad could hear everything he was saying. We had some hard months yet to get through with my mom, but that memory is a bright spot that will make me laugh when I think of it. I love oh my that. goodness. That's, one, that's great. <laughs> Little, little overboard. Just, yeah, on the just told it back. He was trying. He, he was, was trying, he was. and and they they figured it out together. So <laughs> thank you to Whitney and Jan T for those stories. Send us your stories. Knock knock high at human contentcom Oh man, I haven't laughed so hard in a while. That was good. It was uh, good stories. You know the the just like. Being with someone and talking with someone that you've known for a long time yeah. and just sharing stories and having those like belly laughs. Right. That, even though I, I hope it was funny for you too, the yeah, listener, because <laughs> I found it all hilarious. And so uh, um, it's uh, always good to see him. You can see how you maybe got to be the way you are <laughs> if that was your, your role just, model in ophthalmology. Yeah. I mean, when you're going <laughs> through medical training, having a, a program director that that you can have fun with and that you trust who you know has your back. Yeah. It's it's such a, an important part of medical training because it's a very vulnerable part of life. Right. Because you're figuring, you're trying to learn an entire field of medicine and you need support. And sometimes, like I had a ton of support from family, but sometimes you don't have a lot of support around you. And, uh, and so having a, that program director that's just it makes a big difference. And so, especially when I think, uh, you know, historically anyway, hopefully it's maybe changing. I don't know, but historically, you know, residency is, is not easy and it's, it's kind of designed to take advantage of the, the resident labor. And so, you know, having a program director like that, who is very focused on well-being in addition to your education, I think was, was Amazing. All I'm saying is the University of Iowa ophthalmology is, uh, uh, I mean, clearly in my biased opinion, the greatest <laughs> ophthalmology, maybe even the greatest residency program in existence. That's all I'm saying. That, that's I'm just uh, take it or leave it. However you want to <laughs> interpret that. Um, all right. So do you know someone that we should have on the show? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Email us knockknockhigh at human-content.com. Visit us on TikTok, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, well, I think that's everything. Um, you can also hang out with us in our human content podcast family on Instagram and TikTok at human content pods. Thanks to all the great listeners leaving wonderful feedback, awesome reviews. We love to see it. We love hearing from you. If you subscribe and comment on your favorite podcasting app or on YouTube, maybe we'll give you a shout out. All right. Like today. How about now? Vince M on YouTube said, will you accept veterinarian stories you may be amazed at how similar the experiences are i have heard that from people i've had people ask me to to make like skits about veterinarian um and so send us some vet stories i'd love to uh, to kind of get some parallels some overlap you know talk about what the similarities and differences are between humans and animals that'd be great i'd love to hear it um let's see youtube youtube episodes up every week on my youtube channel uh d glockenflecken uh, we also have a Patreon, tons of cool perks, bonus episodes where we react to medical shows and movies, hang out with the Knock Knock High community. We're there. We're hanging out. We're talking with you. We're doing things. Uh, we're active in it. Early ad-free episodes, um, interactive Q&A live stream events, and much more. 
patreon.com slash glockenflecken or go to our website at glockenflecken.com. Speaking of Patreon community perks, new member shout out, Claudia Hendrick. Thank you, Claudia. It's good to see you. Glad you're part of the community here. And shout out to all the Jonathans. Patrick, you know who you are. Patrick is the Jonathan. He's our he's our our, our knock knock high Jonathan at this point. Mm. We we'd love to have more Jonathans. You can never have enough Jonathan. It's true. That's true. It's like shoes. Thank you for listening. We are your hosts, Will and Kristen Flannery, also known as the Glock and Fleckens. Special thanks to our guests today, Dr. Tom Oding. Our executive producers are Will Flannery, Kristen Flannery, Aaron Corney, Rob Goldman, and Shanti Brooke. Our editor and engineer is Jason Portizo. Our music is by Omar Benzvi. To learn about our Knock Knock Highs program disclaimer and ethics policy, submission verification, and licensing terms and HIPAA release terms, you can go to our website, drglockenflecken.com, <laughs> or reach out to us at knockknockhigh at human-content.com with any questions, concerns, or or fun puns, uh, you jokes. You can't even say that with a I don't know. Face. I don't. I'm not a pun <laughs> guy. You're the pun person. You <laughs> like the puns. Knock Knock High is a human content production. Goodbye. Human content. 